Korangi, ko papa, kaputa, koronga, kotane mahuta, kotangaroa, kohomia tikitiki, kotumatoinga, kotafri matia, tokona tirangi kironga, ko papa kiraro, kaputa te iratangata, kite fayao, kite amarma, irunga, faka, fakaida, ake kironga, huye, tai kie. Kelde te fano. We're back. Welcome back to um, the Back to Kura podcast. You've got Ashley and Shiloh here. Kia ora. And uh, we are into episode five. Erima. Wow, time mm. goes fast. So we're back into uh, back into Kura now. Mm. We're out of lockdown. We're in level two here in Tamaki Makoto, which means that we can see each other again. Obviously, last episode we uh, had a guest on, Manuhiri, Hirini Watine, and... We did that on Zoom, which was an interesting co-papa, but we're back together and um, glad that I can see you face to face. Kanohi kite kanohi. Kanohi te, I can feel your wairua. <laughs> <laughs> the ahua is in the air. So much better than Zoom, <laughs> than on a computer. Tino harikoa. Very happy. So how have you been finding uh, week five? Um, yes, so yesterday was our first day back at Kura on Monday and it was the best feeling to be back I think that when I walked in, I was like, wow, I forgot the feeling that it was just being in Kura, being in that final environment. And what really struck me was just how special our Kura is compared to a university. Because there's the fact that we do waiata and the karakia, there's the fact that you're walking into a te ao Māori, a te ao Māori world, and you know, there's the fact that um, Fire Sandra, Molly, some, you know, we... Each of us brings kai into mm. us, and it's just like there's a special feeling there that you just can't get. And I think lockdown taught me that, or reminded me of the fact that kura, our kura is so special in yeah. such a Maori way of learning. It's quite hard to actually tell you that because you actually have to be there and you have to feel the ahua in the air and the ahua in the the wairua in the in kura. Right, like when you go, you just know there's there's certain things that you okay. Kōrero Māori now. Try not to kōrero Pākehā. Um, you see your friends, you catch up, you use the reringa that you learnt yesterday or in the nahi, and um, you're just immersed in it. And what struck me as leaving Kura in the nahi yesterday, and then going back into the Pākehā world. And how different it is because we do live in a Pākehā world. We live in a Western world where we are a minority. But at Kura, I'm a majority. Most of us are Māori. majority are Māori. And it's such a special feeling that, I mean, that I haven't experienced before ever. Mm. And that's something that I just, yeah, I just can't emphasise how much that means to me. Yeah, definitely an eye-opener when I go back to mahi, my own mahi, and you really start to realise what you are actually doing at Mahi in a mainstream system, you know what I mean, in a mainstream um, job that I don't want to say I'm not grateful for. I love it. I love what I do and I love my Mahi. But at the same time, I really love being in Te Ao Māori. Mm. You know, there's just, just something about that. And when you go back into those places or those spaces, you start to identify those differences, even the fact that when you go outside or you leave Kura, everyone's speaking Pākehā, 
you know, and like, oh, that's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Everyone speaks English in, in New Zealand and Aotearoa. But it was cool that I was at St. Luke's yesterday and I ran into someone from Kura and we were speaking Māori with each other for like, you know, five minutes. And I mean, that's cool. I think those are moments that we need to cherish and remember because, I mean, rewind four weeks ago, a month ago, mm. how no would you be caught at all Māori for five minutes? How no? We get like a, oh, kawai to ingoa? Hey, and then they are uh, English. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think for me, those are those moments where I start to reflect on what and how much we've learned over mm. the past month. Um, like, for example, nowadays I'm writing text messages, I'm, I'm using my Facebook Messenger, and I'm kōrero Māori. You know, I'm saying, well, to the best of my ability. It might not be tika and it might need correcting, but just the fact that I'm writing in Māori in my everyday messages or whatever it might be, that to me, I'm proud of that. Yeah, and you should be. I don't know what I've been doing that six weeks ago. I would not have the ability, the knowledge, the sentence structures to be able to string together a sentence like that. And now after four weeks, man, I can write a message to my friends that know Kōrero Māori, Māori and they understand it. I watched Cousins um, the other week, which is a new movie that's come out and there's a lot of Te Reo Māori in it. And I was sitting there and when the Māori was spoken, I was able to understand Marama a lot of it. And I would never have been able to do that a month ago. But even just watching a movie where it's speaking my language and being able to understand it, it it's such a special and amazing feeling. Mm. And, yeah, I definitely think we need to celebrate those milestones, especially because we've only been doing this for a month. So, fuck a, fuck a hee hee. There was a moment, um, I think it was this week on Monday, where the whole class had to get up and they had to say what they did on the weekend. Mm. Everybody... Every one of our class stood up and they could say a sentence of what they did in the weekend. I was so proud of everybody. I was like, man, look at us. Yeah, Getting stronger, also, growing. The same day we had to write a poem. I mean, we had to write a poem. I mean, even writing a poem in English is hard, but we had to do it in Māori and it was a, uh, what, are they, what is it called? A haiku. A haiku. And everyone stood up and shared a poem and I just thought wow like we're like that's amazing I think one of the massive things for me I see you've got a um like a message on your phone that you wanted to bring up (laughs) I wanted to um share this because we've had a lot of messages and feedback of a lot of Maori who are on the same waka who are wanting to reclaim language too and I just want to say big mihi to everyone who was on that journey and thank you so much for all of your love and support it makes us feel like the kopapa that we're doing is so important the mahi that we're doing in this podcast because we didn't do it for anything other than just to share our journey. And I got this message on Saturday and I like shed a few tears because it was, you know, quite a beautiful message. Hey, no one, no one moment. Yes. Goosebumps. Goosebump moment. Yes. So it says, um, Tēnā queer Shiloh, since you began sharing about your yearning for te reo, your experiences, feelings, fears, Tears, I have cried many tears as you expressed so well how I felt for so long. Na mihi nui kia queer. I went to live in the Netherlands for four years, can speak, read, write Dutch fluent, fluently. 
20 years, 20 years of reo classes on and off and it's still not sticking. Oh, the tanifa, all of them. But your words have been the needed push. It's time and I know it will be hard and I'll be off to the faripuku, oh, faripaku for a tangi once or twice. But I've made the call and I'm on the list for Takiura for 2022. And like that is just amazing. I mean... 20 years mm. on and off of trying to reclaim language. And, and now um, this wahine is, is going to do this full immersion course. And that's, yeah, that's really emotional for me to read that. And yeah, it's just beautiful. How does it make you feel being the person that oh, is the one that's doing the work or, you know, speaking those words, whether that's in your articles or in the podcast and you're making people feel that way? How does that make you feel? It actually makes me feel less alone because a lot of what I share can be quite vulnerable. And then afterwards I think, oh, should I have shared that? It's a bit too personal. And even talking about going to the Faripaku for a cry. Um, but when I read that and I realise, and I realise this again and again, there are so many that um, feel the same way, that there are a lot of tanifa, whether it's um, whakama, whether it's trauma, which we all have, intergenerational trauma, or whatever it is that is stopping us from learning the language. But the more we share and call it all about it and be open about it, the more we're able to connect with each other, help each other, and we're able to reclaim te reo Māori together mm. as one. So, Do you feel like some of those tanifa that you've had previously are starting to fade away? I, mm-hmm. I think it comes and goes in waves, mm. a bit of a roller coaster. So yesterday I had the best day. I was like feeling the wider one. I'm like, yes, tino harikoa. Which means I'm smart. Like I felt good. Like we did the poem and I was like, easy. Like I did it. And I was like, whoa, I'm good. And then today I came at Dukura, a reality check. Like it was, today was hard, like really, really hard. Um, so I do think that the tanifa is starting to mount away the more that I unpack it. And the more that I reclaim the language, but I think it's going to be an ongoing journey, not just for this year, but maybe for the rest of my life. Mm. Inga wa katoa. Mm, inga wa, which means All wa. the time. Mm. All the time, which is one of my favorite little phrases that I've picked up throughout our, throughout our studies. That one, inga wa katoa. Take that home with you guys. Write that one in. Inga wa katoa. And this is another one that I really enjoy. Yes. Keakwe. Which Ashley says all the time. <laughs> Which means what, Ashley? It means up to you. <laughs> hey, up to you. You want to call it all? Keakwe. <laughs> you want to go toilet? Keakwe. Is it an R or category? Keakwe. <laughs> up to you. What do you want to do with your life? Keakwe. Up to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hard up. So, one thing that I want to talk about is the importance of Fano. And that's come up quite a lot, I feel like, in the last week in conversations that I've had. And I thought about how um, when one thing, when something affects one member of the whānau, it affects everyone. And you could use intergenerational trauma, for example, you know, like our grandparents or many Māori grandparents had the language beaten or taken away and it's affected us today. Um, and I think about how that's a, such a whānau environment, being a kura, seeing the mamas go around with the pepe and... You know, there's a father and son that's in our class, um, Jack and Alex, mm. and I think that's amazing 
that they're learning the language together. And I thought about you, Ashley, and your mum, and you're both learning, and I saw that you spent lockdown together. So I want to know about that. You know, has it brought you closer together? Or what's that been like? Me and my father, me and my mother, we're, we're pretty close as it is before Takuda. But I think the biggest change for us has been the use of Te Reo Māori. So I stayed at home uh, over lockdown and we just tried to call it all Māori as much as possible and just to have that inside the whare and inside our whānau and to talk to my siblings and to talk to my stepdad and at least try. We are encouraging our siblings, my mother and my stepfather's kids to call it all Māori as well. So we're not just changing our our world and our view and our corridor, we're actually changing our household and our farmers, and that's going to be passed down to my children, to my children's children, um, you know, to my mother's grandchildren. That feeling is so meaningful, mm. and it, and and that's the I, I guess like a big difference in my life this year. Everything that is done or that I do at Kura is meaningful. To, towards purpose. yeah, it's giving me purpose, and it's everything that we learn, and every time that I call it a Maori, it's purpose and it's meaning, and it's nice to have that. We do this thing at home every time we have dinner as a whanau where we do best part of the day. So we just be say, "Well, yeah, what are you grateful for?" Most of the times, it's oh, thank you, mum, for cooking dinner. <laughs> it's always <laughs> it's always tino rawe, tino reka, um, <laughs> Or, you know, you say, oh, I had a good day at work or whatever it might be. Mm. But um, now I do my best part of the day or I try my best to um, in Kōrero Māori. Yeah. So just those little subtle changes for me make me very happy. And that's what that's something that you said that just stood out is that it's changing your whānau. And I think if you spoke to every person that's at, at Takayota who was doing the full immersion te reo Māori, they're doing it for past generations, but also for future generations as well. And I had a conversation today with um, a young wahine called Molly, shout out to Molly, who talked about how the language has been taken, the language and the culture has been taken from her whanau because her nana has passed away and her auntie has passed away on her mum's side, she's Māori. And so she's in Takiota, she's only 21, but she's the only one now that is learning the, the language and bringing it back and restoring it into her whānau. Mm. And I thought about myself as well. And so the other day I saw my auntie and I haven't seen her in maybe like a year. And I spoke Māori with her. Like we were speaking Māori maybe for half an hour. And it wasn't the best Māori, obviously. Like it was probably like her trying to speak to a toddler. <laughs> but I mean... I could understand her and I can't even describe this feeling because I have heard my auntie speak Māori for the last uh, 30 years, you know, however, you know, like I've, I've heard her speak Māori and then for us to have the conversations in Māori was amazing and we were able to make jokes in Māori about my dad because my dad is still learning, um, about my other auntie she's still learning and I could really feel my nana and, and her presence in doing that and you know that was another example of, of us bringing it back into our whānau and, and how special that is and, and that's a moment that you just you don't I mean it's like to others it might not seem as, as important or it was a big deal but to me that means more than anything like, that's the most meaningful thing that I can have a simple conversation 
in my language, in our language, in our whanau. Right? Like that's just that's what's what this is all about. Yeah, definitely. That's cool that you had that quarter with your auntie. Because for me, not too many of my whanau can call it all Maori. So um, I guess for me, that situation is with me and my mother. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in, inside Alfare, because we've got quite a small whanau. I find it just, it's just so cool to call it all Maori. And especially if you can call it all Maori with your whanau, there's just something about that. There is. A- there's something about it. You unlock a... The next level in your relationship, almost. Yes. You guys have both. You've got. You've both done the mahi, and then sharing that with each other, you go into that next level, and it's such a. It's it's such a good feeling. Which I do want to emphasize as well that that feeling of fano and speaking to it translates to our class, our classroom, and how we have that fano feeling in our rupu. And why I want to talk about that is because our kayako shared a fakatoki. Aye. And it's te piko o te mahuri, tera, te tupu o te rako. So in English that translates to the young sapling is nurtured, bent determines how the tree will, will grow. So what she meant by ha to that... How to whakaro. What's your whakaro around that? What's my thoughts yeah. around that? So what Tyler May said... <laughs> <laughs> well, she talked a little bit how... She's always learnt, she's always been taught to put herself second. She puts everyone else first and that, if, like I said earlier in the podcast, if one thing affects the class, it affects all of us, right? And, and so it's like this um, whakatauki is shared a lot in Kura Kaupapa. It's the first time that I've ever heard it, but it's the importance of having a foundation. And she drew a, a rako, a funny-looking rako. Been, <laughs> a bent rako. <laughs> A rako that looked like some Atane's rako. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have my Atane, <laughs> but but you know she um, she meant that, and it was about the foundation of Fano and how important that is. And I thought so much about our class on Monday, and and we have a um, a sixty nine year old um, Wahine called Barbara who is struggling. I mean because being older, I guess, and having to sit in a classroom, which she, which she hasn't done for years and years, I mean, I think it might be actually be her first time, is hard. And I watched yesterday as another wahine called Lillian spent the whole day helping her um, and didn't do any mahi for herself, just spent it helping Barbara. And I was looking at them and I was like, that's what it means to be Māori, that's manakitanga, because at a normal university we're not helping each other we're trying to compete to be the best, right? Mm. To get the top marks. In our class, we're not competing to get the top marks. We're all comp- competing. I mean, we're all, sorry, not competing. We're all there helping each other. And if one of us was to fail or get left behind, then we would all fail. I think that's what it means to be manakitanga, to be Fano. Yeah, that Fano feeling is so special. And I think that it's not just our class as well. It's the whole kura. Every classroom's got that, mm. that aroha and that manaki tanga for each other. And it's going to be awesome to see when we all get together yeah, and share that. Every week we get closer and closer. I, um, I, I remember a couple of messages coming through um, Itera Wiki um, on our Instagram page. And they were asking about the structure of class and actually how we learn. 
And I thought, yeah, that, that could be something that we could dive into because um, we talk about how we're feeling and you know, we talk about what we've learned and the milestones that we've um, achieved throughout our time at Takiura. But I think a lot of people out there are wondering, what do you actually do? Mm. You're spending nine till three every day at Kura. What is What's, in that time? Yeah, what does, you know, every, day what, what does like? every day look like? Kapai. So we've mentioned before, but in the morning we start with our panui, karakia. So that's important to start the day off, to be able to welcome the spirit, um, to welcome us into te ao Māori. And then after that, we go to class. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yes, it's just like looking at me nodding. <laughs> and we struggle. <laughs> and we try and learn our best. <laughs> No, nah, pretty much it. Like, so we do our karakia in the morning. We hang out. We the, one of the tane does a mihi. Then we all split off into our classes, and essentially the day is split up into three segments of one and a half hour slots. So every one and a half hour slot, it depends. Um, Kaiakwe up to well, kaya kaya tailame or kaya kayako. Mm-mm. It depends on what our kayako teacher. Um, decides they're going to teach that day. So in one of the periods in the morning, we might do a thing called tiatarangi, which is using rako that we've mentioned in the previous episodes, um, 10 rods, different sizes, different colours, and you learn sort of kupu um, around those rods, which is really, really handy, uh, definitely a good technique. And then maybe in the the second block, we'll learn kupu ho. So every week we try and learn 50 new kupu, so 10 a day. Um, and that builds the foundation of your deal. So the reason that we can call it all and, and at least like try and get string, string together some sentences is our learning of the kupuho every every day, every week. And then we've got the afternoon session, which could be anything. We do a range of things. We do sometimes we do kemu, which are games. Uh, we do skits. We do waiata. Um we do all kinds of stuff or we just revise over the things that we learned in the last um, slot or the day before. But it's really, every day is kind of different. Yeah, and and every Monday we have the hui whānau mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. in the afternoon slot. So that's when the tāne, they all just have a yarn, a kōrero, um, do the mihi with each other, which is cool. And then Thursday, which is my favourite, Thursday afternoon we have kapahaka, which we um, sing waiata learn new songs, um, learn the actions. And I love that because I never did kapahaka growing up. So I feel like I get to relive my high school um, days. So that's really fun. And, yeah, that's pretty much – I mean, time actually goes quite fast. It goes real fast. We've got two 30-minute breaks in between the morning and the uh, midday and the midday and the afternoon. And, man, those breaks – you're learning and you're starting to write a sentence or call it all, do some group work, and then it's like, oh, paramana what? <laughs> And like, hey, what? Already break time. Holy heck. So it goes really fast and it just goes to show that, oh, I don't know, for me anyways, probably yourself as well, that we're just having fun. Mm. And, it, and it's hard and it's definitely a challenge, but it's it's a good challenge. And another part I we've had is how do we all learn when we all have different levels of competency? Mm. So that's a good part I. Um, I think it's good to recognise that we all have different learning styles. So Ashley is very matato, tino matato, 
he can pick up Kupu, like he, he hears it once and then he's using it like in the next minute. I'm like, how did you remember that? Like, how dare you? How dare you? Whereas me, like that doesn't, it doesn't stick. So I have to go home and like write it down or like learn it. But I think that's okay because it's just different learning styles. And there are some in our class that are teachers already and that have got already a bit of a foundation of Māori. Um, and I guess it goes back to what was I saying? What I was saying before was that we're all, I guess, helping each other, and it doesn't matter if you're a lot, you know, more um, ahead in your Te Reo Māori journey, but you're still, we're still in it together. Yeah, I want to. Oh, I think what comes to mind now is we had an exercise today where um, our kaiako, our teacher, told us that we needed to teach the classroom about certain um, kaupapa, right? So the R category, the all category. Um, reading a ahua, which is like describing sentences. And um, we found it really hard. It was really hard to actually understand in ourselves what those categories actually meant and then to also try and teach the class about something that we are still trying to understand and learn ourselves. It was really difficult. And after that exercise, exercise she said, eventually we all become teachers. Mm. So I would say that there's probably about three or four people in Akomanga at the moment that I will ask questions to because they've got a bit of more of an understanding, a bit more foundation, a bit more of a background with te reo Māori. But eventually we all want to get to a place where we can afi each other and whakautu answer people's pātai because I think that's what Tyler May wants us to get to where we're teaching each other. And we're teaching others because once we leave for this year and whatever we embark on in in the future, what we learn, we want to teach people, right? You know, we want to teach people a a simple reringa that they can use at at mahi or at home. Like, for example, we go to get a coffee out in um, East Auckland and my mum and me, we've given reringa to the um, barista. And she uses those like kia pai tora, mm. you know, have a good day, kete mini minio, I'm smiling, or you know, giving them little kupu and little sentences, and and for me, that's cool because mm. you know the more understanding and the more people that are learning, the better. There are a lot of parents in our class as well, and they go home and they teach their tamariki as well, which is really cool. I think also that's where Nako Mahaki comes in to being humble because I think those that are advanced that I also go and I ask Partai to as well, they're so humble that they they want to help those who aren't maybe at their stage yet. Which again, like Lillian, I want to again mihi to her because she does this cool thing where she makes a, um, a quiz flashcards on Quizlet, which means she puts all the new kupu on there, all the new reading sentences on there, and then she invites everyone to go on there and to learn that way and so I think that that is such a um, nakomahaki thing for her to do and also to find Nikki as well who's just so patient and I love being in their because they, they just help me and I, yeah I think that's nice so if you're wanting or you're thinking about doing takuyota but you're a bit worried about that kawe e awangawanga don't worry because it doesn't matter where you are <laughs> or, or what your learning capability <laughs> Um, then yeah, you'll be okay. No matter what where you are at, you'll be okay. Yeah, it's so it's so it's such a buzz for me sitting here hearing you say that. Because, <laughs> well, four weeks ago, no way, 
I was actually having a call it all with one of our mates. Um, she does the course as well, and she was talking about the podcast, and she was saying, "Oh, you guys are, you know, speaking a lot more more Maori. You're speaking more call it all Maori, call it all Maori more." And I'm like, "Man, to me, just hearing that that was that's that makes the me goal. yeah, that, exactly. That's the goal, and the fact that I you can just say, don't worry." <laughs> that's my favorite kupe, by the way. Awanga, awanga. Anxious. Yeah, I mean, worry. anxious worry. Yeah, mm. fair enough. But yeah, that's a recap on on where we're at at the moment. A couple of milestones in there. I want to throw another one out there. The other night I had because at week ten, um, we have to do an eight minute cordial or speech on us, our likes, our dislikes. Um, Alfano, got any kids, all of that kind of stuff. And at the start of the year, might have been like, eight minutes? What? No way, I can't do that for eight minutes. And it's quite daunting, you know? Ah, wanga wanga. But I had a go at writing as much as I could. And I got through like an A4 page and a half. Wow. Yo, and to me, that was a, a cool moment as well where hell no would I ever be able to do that. And in four weeks, in four weeks, and I think something that I really treasure about Kuda is that it's given me the confidence to court it all and to write and to express in te reo Māori. You know, you see my, I, I put a Facebook status up the other day and it was court it Māori. Hey, hey. <laughs> Can you imagine? Because it's only what? been four weeks. Imagine in eight weeks and 10 weeks and 12 I, weeks and 36 weeks. And I say that because that could be you that's listening right now. Um, the access is there. You just need to decide to take that journey. And I've also been told that you will do that journey when the time is right. So don't feel pressured. Don't worry. It's all good. But I just really encourage, I just want to encourage people that this is the ticket, y'all. <laughs> at least to the beginning, at least to building your foundations. Yeah, I was just getting a bit emotional as Ashley was saying it because, yeah, this could be you right here, what we're doing now. I never imagined that I could. I would be here in four weeks, being able to have conversations with my auntie in Māori, being able to be at the mall and seeing someone, my friend, and just speaking in Māori, or being here with you, Ashley, and being able to kōrero Māori and just have the words flow out, you know, even though it's simple right now, the feeling that I have in being able to express myself in my language, in my tūpuna language, it's un, un, indescribable. There's no words to describe it. So, like Ashley said, totoko. Well, Ashley said, if you are listening and you're wanting to do this, then then please do or, you know, continue on the journey and just know that you're not alone and that we're here with you. We're all in this together. Um, kia kaha. He waka e ke noa. <laughs> kia ora. He waka e ke noa. <laughs> um, you know what I think could be kind of cool to wrap up the episode? Mm, sure. Uh, we did do poems this week. Oh, <laughs> And they were haiku, and we did them in Te Māori. So I was, I was thinking we could share our poems that we read. Do you remember yours? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, I do. Okay, so um, kōrero Māori um, tuatahi first, and then 
give us the translation of what your fakara was around <clears throat> your haiku. Okay. Momori aho. Hia hia tane puroto. Kore ka aroha. And what does that mean, Shiloh? If you understood this, then just know that it's not necessarily true. I just wrote that. But it means I'm depressed, heartbroken. I'm searching for a handsome man. Nothing. Ka aroha. Poor me. Oh, Tika? Pono? Hmm, no comment. Ashley, your turn. All right, my turn. Um, My one was. Kaua e mamai. E paiana tato i korero Māori. So I guess from my understanding, the translation would be um, kaua e mamai, don't be hurt, don't be sore. E paiana tato, all of us are all good. I korero Māori, speak, speak Māori. Wow. Mm. Yours was beautiful. Hold up. Beautiful words. Mine was sort of funny, but your one was beautiful. So. I always go deep like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sorry straight to then. Okay. <laughs> I'm straight to like, how do I uffy people's journey to their Māori? I want to rewrite mine now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Thank you all for locking in. We appreciate it. Uh, episode five, done and dusted. Do you have any last words, Shiloh? Uh, pai. Be happy. And um, yeah, thank you for listening. See you next time. See you next time. I want to leave you. My parting words will be a fuckatoki because I really like them. And um, I was given a book by one of our classmates, which is just filled with fuckatoki. I'm like, yeah, mean. And um, this was this one is around humility. And it goes a little something like this. E hara o ite rangatira, engari he ata o no te tangata. And that translates to. I am not a chiefly person, but rather a reflection of one. What a beautiful way to end this corridor. Namahi. Kakite. Kakite. Bye.